At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And welcome in, everyone. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I am your host, Scott Kennedy, filling in for Chad Jensen. And this is my co-host, or my your co-host, Zach Kelberman. He's over on this side, somewhere over here. He's the one you recognize more often. So, Zach, how are you doing this evening, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. I can't wait for football to get here because it's it's Sunday nights like these, Scott. I know the Avalanche game is on, but we're in the middle dead middle of the dead season in the NFL. And I'm just counting down the Sundays until uh, NFL week one. It'll get here soon, but it's like a, it's a bear. See, that's what baseball is for. Also, like, I don't like yeah. baseball. Baseball is not known as the, they don't bill it as the world's most exciting sport. You know, they don't bill it as the most exciting two minutes in sports, like the Kentucky Derby or, you know, hold on your seat. It's the, the national pastime, the national kill time every day in summer until football season. Right, more fun so, to watch a game live than to watch it on TV, though, in my opinion. Go to a baseball uh, well, game. Well, the games are on now that I watch. You know, I'll watch Braves game. They're on now when we do these shows. So I get done, I hop, and I watch us a bat. Um, I, I go through yeah. on the DVR and I watch the whole game in about thirty-five minutes, and it's absolutely perfect nice. to do that. But so, what else is going on? I guess there's uh, a big game of sorts, a game six going on tonight in Col- It's not in Colorado, but for Colorado. It should be the last game of this series because the Avalanche should wrap it up and bring the Stanley Cup back to Denver. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have a tweet that goes out when the Avalanche win and not if they win it tonight. First the Avs, then the Broncos. Hashtag City of Champions. Can't wait. Do you think it'll be tonight or do you think they want to bring it home? You know, win in front of the home fans, a little drama, a little Game 7 action. When I see it, I think, okay, Game 6 in Tampa. But, you know, you never know. That doesn't seem to happen as often as you might think. Because, you know, the team that goes up three to one is usually the better team. They close it out in six. But, you know, that's always the silver lining, too. It's like, okay, we'll go home and win it in front of our home fans. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I did see that the Avs, every postseason series they had, they closed it out on the road. So it's maybe a prelude to tonight's game. There you go. There you go. Sometimes it's uh, it's good just to get away and have less. Sometimes there's more distractions at home than there are are when you're on the road and you're just kind of in the hotel. I mean, if you're the disciplined sort, you know, the family's not with you and I'm trying to turn my phone off and it's launching all kinds of stuff and, you know, phones. 
what are you going to do with them? You know, chuck it across the street. So yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> we'll have a crowd that'll keep us updated in here. Now, one of the things I wanted to get into tonight, um, as uh, we say hello to some of the folks in the chat, Lauren's coming in with the stars, breaking the ice, no pun intended, now that we've been talking hockey. Uh, the calm before the storm was up, guys. It's Avs night. Let's get it. Time to have an avalanche in Florida. Not a lot of hills in Florida, so it's uh, it would Flat. be a slow-moving avalanche, but I, I, know <laughs> I know what you're saying on that A stationary one. avalanche, yeah. I think I wouldn't, to your point, Scott, I wouldn't even chance Game 7. I know it'd be cool to win it in front of their home fans, but if you get to that point, it's a one-game series, and I'd rather the avalanche close it out now and get it over with and bring that parade to Denver. No, if you're if it's like, oh, I'd rather win it at home. No, 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 no. I'd rather win it. Just win it. If you exactly. can guarantee me a win, I'll take it now. I don't need to wait and have it at home. You know, the the only one that really benefits are the scalpers, you know, <laughs> the ticket resellers. <laughs> no, no, fan. I'm fan. I'll watch on TV. I'll be just fine them them winning that thing on the road and, and bringing it home and meeting them at the airport and having a big parade and all that type of stuff. So appreciate the stars and, and kicking us off here, Lawrence. Um but, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit. I feel like we kind of piecemeal this together time, at times, Zach. Um, but I don't think you and I have ever really talked about some of the key position battles and maybe some that aren't so key. Because one of the questions that we get a lot, and you, you had a story on it today or you know, over, the, over this weekend, we get, we get a lot of questions about the backup quarterback. And frankly, when there's an entrenched starter, I'll be honest, I spend zero time thinking about the backup quarterback most of the time. Usually a quarterback battle is when you've got a highly drafted rookie that's coming in uh, in a San Francisco type of role where you think, okay, is he going to push the incumbent? Going to push him out? How long is he going to be there? Or if you've got a couple of bad quarterbacks and then you've got a battle yeah. with no winner. Um, in this case, though, you know, this is what we do in June. We talk about the backup quarterback situation and you think there's some clarity now about the backup, you know, are they going to try and upgrade? Are they looking to bring in someone else behind Russell Wilson or are they in good shape and they feel comfortable with where they are right now at the backup quarterback position? Well, yeah, there's definitely two uh, camps when it comes to backup quarterbacks and competitions. You're either a young quarterback team or you're the Denver Broncos with, you know, annual quarterback battles with the likes of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, to the point, though, they are confident in who they have right now. And who they have, for those who don't know, he signed in March. He's Josh Johnson. He's played for as many teams, 14, as he has NFL service. He was a fifth-round pick, I believe, in 2008. He is as well-traveled as well-traveled gets. You look up journeyman in the NFL dictionary, it's Josh Johnson's face <laughs> plastered right there. But, you know, he started a game last year for Baltimore. I think he threw for 300 yards and a touchdown or so. I mean, he can hold his own when given the opportunity, but we don't want him to get that opportunity. We don't want him to play at all because it means the Broncos season is in trouble. So he's okay. If I were the Broncos, I'd prefer to have a younger guy that could be developed waiting in the wings. But when you have Russell Wilson, you don't have a problem. Yeah, <clears throat> maybe in three years you, you start thinking that direction. Um, but, you know, in, in theory, Russell Wilson's still a young guy. You know, he's got six, seven, eight years left. And you don't, you don't want someone, you know, that you're getting pressured to play. Oh, you spent a high draft pick on this guy. He should be getting more reps, blah, blah. No, no, no. This is Russell Wilson's team for sure right now. Uh, you know, we've talked about that, Zach, about bringing in a high profile, even low dollar type of backup, you know, with Cam Newton being out there. I'm like, no, Cam mm -hmm. Newton is a persona. Forget whether what you think if he can play or not on Madden, this makes sense. <laughs> not with the personalities and the egos that make up a team. 
a, a locker room, you don't want a Cam Newton in there. Um, not now, you know, if, if a, so for the same reasons where he, you know, Cam would want to push to start. You don't want a young, hungry draft pick right now. You don't want Trey Lance sitting back there behind Russell Wilson. That's, that's not the way this team is going to be made up. So you got to have a guy like Josh Johnson, who's happy to be on this 14th team. That's insane. I didn't, Mm -hmm. we've talked about him before and I don't remember 14 teams. It's like Ferris Bueller, 14. (laughs) I don't remember 14 teams. And a couple (laughs) XFL teams in there, USL, USFL teams. I mean, again, he's as well-traveled as it gets. Um, yeah, you're right, though. I, I don't want a Jordan Love situation behind Russell Wilson. I don't want anyone uh, that can make Russ look over his shoulder. I'm just fine with uh, with Josh. And to Cam Newton's point, Scott, I know it won't happen, and it's, it's maybe hyperbole for me to say, if they did bring aboard Cam Newton, to me, it would destroy all of the goodwill that was built up with the Russell Wilson trade, the Hackett hire, uh, Peyton's hire from, from uh, last year. That's a, a cancer if there ever was one. And he can't play anymore. He can't throw. He's a runner at quarterback, and they don't need that. So I'm fine with uh, J-squared behind Russ. Yeah, and I was just saying, for him, you know, who did we hear a lot? It was, it was the Jacksonville guy the, with the, the beard and the personality. I can't even think of his oh, name. Oh, Minshew? Gardner Minshew, yeah. You know, even somebody like that, you just no. It, it's it makes sense. Again, a lot of those things make sense on paper, but I want a Josh Johnson as my backup quarterback. I want a guy who knows his role, who's content with his role, and who's happy to get a paycheck to keep being in the league and keep getting paid to do it. That's a that's the kind of situation you want right now. Because if something were to happen, knock on that wood, if something were to happen to to Russell Wilson, then you're making a move. You're not going to try and finish. You might go with an emergency guy, okay? Then I might say, okay, let's let's roll the dice. Let's roll the dice on someone like Cam Newton. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to go try and make a playoff run with with Josh Johnson. It's just, it's not that's not what he's there for. He's there to be a backup quarterback, not a not a starter, even if something happens to the starter. Uh, but you know who is also a good starter is Phil McLaughlin. Bringing in some stars here. Says good evening, Ack and Scott, Avs, Broncos, and winners. <laughs> you forgot the uh, you forgot the Z, but that's okay. I've been called worse. Good it's evening, Zach and Scott, and Broncos winners. Let's ride. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Phil. Appreciate you being here, being here this evening. Um, now, Scott, real quick, real quick. Yep. The Broncos do. I want to get your opinion on this. Okay, I know you're. You know, you're still kind opinionated. of opinionated. Well, you're still engrossing yourself in the Broncos as well. I don't know how uh, much you travel down the third string rabbit hole at quarterback, but they do have another guy on the roster, a guy that uh, George Payton has no allegiance to, nor Nathaniel Hackett for that matter, and that's Brett Rippon. Mm-hmm. Now, Brett Rippon is the classic Kellen Moore type of quarterback where he's not the most physically imposing. In fact, he's physically pretty comical in terms of his arm strength and what he can do with the football, but he's very smart. He's very heady. He's a future quarterback coach waiting in the wings. Now, you're probably going to only keep two on the 53. I'm not keeping three quarterbacks. Russ should be fine. JJ should be fine. Or if it comes down to it, you agree with me. You're taking Josh over Brett Rippon as a number two quarterback. Yeah, and I don't – the whole Brett Rippon thing, there's got to be a plan there. You know, trust the process. You hear that phrase a lot. Why was he elevated from the practice squad last year? You know, he had a chance to go somewhere else. Um, so he's got value to this team. We just don't know what it is. You know, it's not it's it's not for his quarterback play. It might be again because he's groomed to be he's being groomed to be a coach. It's the only thing that makes 
sense, I guess. None of it makes that much sense. When they had a chance, you know, when he was picked up, claimed on the practice squad, and they elevated him to the 53, they're never going to play him. He was, he was never going to play. You had two quarterbacks that were ahead of him, well ahead of him. The chances that those two both go down and you have to go to Ripon are pretty slim. So why, why is he here? You know, I would love to have the legit answer to that question. And, you know, my, the speculation on that is pretty easy. It's like, cause, cause they have a plan for him to be part of the Denver Broncos association past football, past pl- his playing days. And that's not too far away. That's, that's not too far away. Um, how long was Kellen Moore uh, on a roster? You know, three years, four years Something like before that. he was, he was moved to uh, a quarterback's assistant and then, you know, worked his way up quickly. That makes sense to me um, that, you know, he would be, you know, that there's any chance of him coming in being a serviceable starter in this league. There's no chance for that for me. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I'm wondering, what do you do? Are you going to trade Rippon? Are you going to outright cut him uh, in late August, early September? I mean, it feels like Josh Johnson is their guy based on how uh, the coaches were talking, and he's the perfect backup for Russell Wilson experience. He can come in. He can hold it down. You know, if Teddy Bridgewater can do it, I think Josh Johnson can as well, especially on this offense. I just don't know what they're going to do with the third quarterback because they don't need three. No, and I just think that's one of the roster battles is, you know, the backup quarterback. Is it going to be Josh Johnson? Is it going to be Brett Rippon? I think it's Josh Johnson. I think that's yeah. that's done. I don't see Brett Rippon as being someone to come in and get meaningful snaps for this team. I just, I, I don't see it. You know who does bring in meaningful snaps? The silent one, Jacob Foster coming you, in Jacob. with the stars. The Facebook folks are, are, are coming in, you know, heavy this, this uh, already this evening. So, uh, appreciate you as always, Jacob. And we'll say it again. If you ever have any questions, comments, you've built up a backlog. So we could just have a, <laughs> a, a chat. It's like, okay, it's, it's Jacob Foster day. You get 10, 20 questions. It's 20 questions with Jacob Foster. So uh, Jacob, appreciate you always here supporting the show. And, and thank you so much for that. Then he wouldn't be the silent one though. He had to find <laughs> a new nickname. <laughs> He's just typing. I'm going to still hand it to him on that one though, uh, for sure. So quarterback um moving on now uh dylan who is here today dylan had a, a piece that went up on um mile huddle and again what, what i kind of said at the beginning of the show is i feel like you and i have piecemealed these this these topics as part of another topic but we've never actually sat down because questions come up hey scott and zach what do you think about the center position right. as we're talking about something else so this time let's just nail it that's what we're going to talk about for most of the show uh, the center position. I think you and I have both weighed in on this at times during the past few months. Uh, Dylan, I think, had a very good uh, piece up on Mile Huddle, and I agree yeah. with Dylan. Dylan's conclusion was at the end of the day, Lloyd Cushenberry will probably be the starter for this team. I agree. Zach, how about you? I mean, how do you not agree? Who else could start? Are you going to start... Um... The, the rookie that you drafted who's not ready yet? Are you going to start Graham Glasgow's coming off a broken ankle and ligament damage? No, he's also a natural guard. I feel like, at least in this system, you can play him at center if you want. But the plan, based on how Hackett was talking, he lauded uh, Cushenberry's athletic ability, the fact that he can run. I feel like it's a much better scheme for Cushenberry and Dalton Reisner, for that matter. That's why they're still entrenched where they are, Scott. We've heard nothing about Reisner nor Cushenberry losing their starting jobs. So unless he falls on his face, Cush, it's his job to lose until he mm-hmm. face plants or if he face plants. Right. So he, if I'm not mistaken, third year guy, um, has mm-hmm. one year. Left on his deal, is he a free agent after the season since he was a lower round draft pick and just had a three yep. years guaranteed? I feel like he's 
he wouldn't be that expensive to try and bring back though. So, um, you know, a new scheme for him where he can, he's not head up on guys quite as often where he's not, you know, he was getting bullied in the trenches a little bit, but give him a, a chance to be a little bit more mobile and get out and attack people, I think right. could benefit him greatly. Offensive linemen prefer that, to be honest with you, if they're not, you know, the cut blocking scheme is, is a thing of the past. That's the easy one. You know, Hey, you, we're going to try and get away with uh, as close to being chop blocks as we can without actually being chop blocks. That's the, the easy way to do it. Um, the hard one is getting in there and, and fighting with defensive linemen who are probably more athletic than you, or you would have been a defensive lineman. But if I can dictate to you and get out and run and put you on your back foot, maybe it, I, I, we're going to see a different Lloyd Cushenberry. You know, we don't see that's, that's different who comes in here very consistently is Gary Lee's Palmer. Says, hey, Zach and Scott, just a little love. Go Broncos and let's ride. Gary, appreciate you. A little love back to you and a salute, my friend. Thank you so (laughs) much for the support. And Andrew Baker says, hey, Zach and Scott and fam. That's all y'all. All y'all. Says, Russ's best years were with Beast Mode, so I believe believe that gets revived with Pookie and Gordon. I know Melvin gets some deserved hate, but he's a good running back. Melvin Gordon is a good running back. Uh, He he is a good running back. Um, Whether you how much you rated him is up to the individual, but he is a good running back. And Javante Williams is a very good running back. Uh, That is one hell of a tandem in the backfield. And the balance that this team should now have, who saw more stacked boxes than anybody in the NFL last year to, to load up and try and stop these guys who still rushed for 1600, 1700 yards combined on lower amount of snaps um, against the stack boxes. Let's let's test the back of that defense and move those safeties back a little bit. Let's let's get the the linebackers on their heels some, and let's not give the the edge rushers a free pass and see see what this the offense can be. I'm I'm excited to see it, Zach. Uh, two points about Cushenberry. It's going to help having a competent quarterback and a competent uh, coordinator and head coach at the control. It's going to make it a lot easier for a player that's the quarterback of the offensive line. It's not easy playing center, especially as a young center. So I think Cushenberry's. Uh, in for a breakout year three. Uh, in terms of Melvin Gordon and Beast Mode, you guys know how I feel about old Merlot. He is a good running back. I don't feel like he was worth $8 million. But, you know, my question to you, Andrew, and Scott as well, you mentioned Beast Mode. Well, who was Beast Mode's backup in Seattle? I don't know. That's that's what I'm saying. It should be the Javante show. Javante is going to be Beast Mode. Melvin Gordon is not beast mode. So that's why I'm saying it's okay to have Melvin on the roster. He is a good running back, but you hit it on the head, Scott. Javante is very good, if not great, compared to just good for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, it's a, I, I think it's a good – again, the question was the, the contract coming from the Chargers, the contract, and then that sets things off on the wrong foot. You know, he's, he, he was battling and had an uphill battle, um, but, but he has been a good running back. Was he worth his contract? Probably not. That's why he's back under about half, half that contract. So, you know, one of the things I always said, you know, about his contract is like, well, all right, he's overpaid. Who did he prevent you from getting? You know, so that that his contract didn't necessarily bother me so much. When you start running into contracts is when they start become prohibitive to adding other players. Broncos had cap space. They didn't choose to use it. That's not Gordon's fault. No. Um, now how he, you know, handles himself in the, the media and the press and all that kind of stuff. I don't think his quotes read in context, sometimes the way he says them, cause his, his, uh, 
you read them and then you watch them and he's got a different vibe to it. It's a, it's, you know, sometimes he, he's a little self-deprecating. So I like Melvin Gordon. I'm rooting for him to have a good year and I'm rooting for him to get about half the touches that Javante Williams has this year. <laughs> I mean, it ain't my money. I don't care that he, they paid him 8 million bucks a year, but he didn't justify that. And the fumbles didn't help either, Scott. You know, we, I always touch on the, the DUI arrest and uh, how he handles himself through the media and this and that and not showing up to voluntary practices. But he's a bit of a fumbler, if not more than a bit of a fumbler. And that's going to hurt the Broncos on the field. So, again, it's okay that he's on the roster, but he's firmly RB2. They have an RB1, and his name is Pookie. Yeah, yeah, I, I think – I agree with you 100%. Again, it makes me ask a question about roster battles. Is What is Mike Boone doing here? Um, you yeah. know, it, that's he's going to have the easiest $5 million ever. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, they say that the, the backup quarterback is the, the most, is one of the best jobs in the NFL in, in sports. And he's one of the most popular players in the NFL and in sports. Good Lord. How about the number three running back on this team drawing about two and a half million a year to do what exactly you play special teams well not really i mean he was he was banged up a little bit last year but that one it it still baffles me just a little bit that that he's uh that he's still on the it won't surprise me at all if mike boone is not on this roster come september 1st same it won't it won't surprise me so as lawrence says here it would be cool to have a real competition quarterback competitions at two and three positions so we're not left empty-handed again uh, that's why I was, was disappointed we don't didn't go out and get those quarterbacks. Um, Lawrence, like I said, the, in, in, this is the NFL, and Denver Broncos. One of the reasons they've been in such good cap shape is because they don't have a thirty million dollar quarterback. They do now. You're not going to bring in competition for your thirty million dollar quarterback. There's just not enough snaps. There's not enough ego, and there's not enough money to go around. So you've got an established guy. Um, going out and bringing those in and creating a, what's disharmony within the locker room, you need a leader. You need your leader. Your leader needs to be your quarterback. You don't need to be wondering as you're going through the middle of camp, I don't know who our quarterback's going to be. What did we hear last year? Every time somebody asked, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't care. <laughs> I think it's going to be Teddy. Because it doesn't, I don't know. We know. We know. We don't need pe- people picking sides and forming little clicks. It's Russ's team. You've got a quarterback competition. Typically, it means you, if, if you've got two, usually means you don't have one. You, you took it from me. And if you have three, it's like, what the hell are you doing? You need one quarterback. And that's actually what Josh Johnson said about quarterback competitions. That quote's in my article. He goes, the good thing about competition is there's only one starter. So there's one guy that's on the field in the huddle. The rest of us are still in the room, but we're working to compete for our spots. And uh, the difference between being the third string and the second string, I don't need a competition at backup quarterback and people kind of underrate the fact that Russell Wilson is an iron man. I mean, he had a freak mallet finger injury last year, but prior to that, he did not miss a game. It was like 127 straight starts or something like that for us. So fluky injuries aside, and I'm knocking wood right there with you, Scott, they they're fine under center with Russ and they don't really need anyone more than who they have in Josh Johnson. It's, it's just different. I mean, I started thinking about the other, you know, major sports and you try and come up with any kind of comparison to the NFL quarterback. And the closest thing that I can ever think of is a point guard, an NBA point guard. Usually, you know, it's a 12-man roster, so it's a little bit different, but not that not that much difference because you've got five guys on the floor, 12 roster. You know, you got 22 guys in the, on the field in the NFL, and you got a 53-man roster. It's still about two to one. You got a point guard. You got a starting point guard. 
There's not a ton of competition there. You, you got a guy. That's your guy. He is your quarterback in basketball. So that's about the only comp- comparison I can I can think of. Um, but it's about it's about leadership and building a team. Building a team. You know, so there is no I in team, but there is a me. Well, the point guards aren't the me guys. They're the everyone else guys. Um, and and the quarterback here is building the team. And you don't do that with disharmony at the quarterback position. Yeah, you need a Steve Nash at point, just distributing and being the facilitator. And speaking of basketball, we got Oops, oh, real quick, we got Jay Valentine saying, can't pull it up. My computer hates me. Abs are about to throw it, blow a 3 1 lead. Yeah, it's 1 0 Lightning uh, so far. And Michaela turned the game off. She's a little uh, <laughs> disenchanted by the result. But yeah, it'd be crazy. I don't think it's going to happen. There's a lot of ball game left tonight. And as the Avs showed the other game a few games ago, they can come back from a deficit. So uh, keep your uh, chins up, guys. And it's game six again. Yeah, it's coming home. There's a mental, you know, I know we've said that, you know, you can, they've closed that out on the road most of the time, but there's a mental, we've got a cushion that plays in the fact one of the team, it means a lot more to one of the teams than the other right now. You've mm-hmm. got to be that much better than them. So depending on how close these are, I still think the abs are going to be fine. Three to one overtime win, soul crushing. They're, they're, they're going to be fine. Even if they come back and win in game seven. Um, Andrew says, you know, uh, comes back in with some stars. So it was a great point, Zach, about, you know, the, the firmly entrenched RB1. Let's get to the Pookie show. But hey, while well, Gordon is here, he can help keep the tread on my boy's wheels. It, it's yeah, you you want fresh running backs. Uh, Hackett has been adamant about having a running back room. And when the carries are the most important, I want Javante Williams to be as at 100 percent. I want him to be 100%, and you do that with a rotation. And frankly, I'd like to see a running back last longer than three years. <laughs> you know? I don't know if you give him a big second contract, but I'd like to see him get a second contract. Um, and you know, Melvin Gordon has, good for him, and hopefully Javante Williams will as well. And, and I'm hoping that this night turns out the last time we were on, we left Michaela uh, very depressed, and I woke up <sighs> to uh, the next day, it was a very happy Michaela. So hopefully... Hopefully we can we can go that way as well. Well, listen, I understand the necessity to keep Pookie fresh, even though there was no injury concern last year. People act like he was on IR for half the season. But again, I ask you guys, and I'm, I've resigned myself to it being Melvin Gordon, but did it have to be Melvin Gordon? Did the RB2 have to be Melvin Gordon? Could it not have been Mike Boone? And if the answer is no, then Scott, like you said, what are they doing with him? Are they keeping him yeah. around or are they trading him? What is the deal with Mike Boone? What's going on? I haven't seen any indication that Mike Boone's going to Mike Boone is Brett Rippin, you know, except yeah, he's better paid. I haven't seen any indication that Mike Boone is, is going to be a running back for the Denver Broncos in the 14 months I've been, you know, covering this team with y'all. Um, we're going into the draft though. They, they need to get a running back. They need to get another running back. Why? You know, you, you've got, if, if Mike Boone's the guy, then you don't need one. Oh, they're going to resign Melvin Gordon. Okay. Well that Mike Boone, Mike Boone is, not trusted. He is not trusted to be a running back for the Denver Broncos is my read on the situation for the last six months. What a weird signing, though. I mean, that's George Payton's guy from the Vikings, and they brought him over after the Philip Lindsay saga, and they're not going to use him two years in. It's just weird, man. Yep, I uh, I agree with you um, that, you know, and it's okay. If you've made a mistake, correct it. You know, correct it. And I think... Uh, Let's say it was a mistake to sign him. 
I think it's been corrected. Javante Williams is damn good. And you got him for a second round pick cost control, really good. And you've got Melvin Gordon coming back for a song, you know, for, for, uh, a significant, um, pay cut for lack of a better word. Um, so your, your running back room is good. Very good. Even if you made a mistake with Mike Boone. I will say though, if uh, training camp rolls around and the Broncos are dead set on not having Mike Boone on the 53, the first running back injury around the NFL, I am calling that team and offering Mike Boone. I, I'm going to try to recoup some value for him because again, George Payton's been so good, Scott, with roster management, the players that he signed and acquired and drafted, but the Mike Boone and the, to an extent, the Philip Lindsay decisions, those are the only few black marks so far on his resume. It's just a weird signing. Yeah. And like I said, those are, those were fixed. You know, if, if it, if it, if you make those moves and it ends up hurting your roster, that's one thing. And you say, okay, well, maybe we could use that second round pick somewhere else if Mike Boone had been Javante Williams to begin with. But again, it's corrected. Yeah, it was corrected. Uh, you know, Michaela comes in here. If, if Boone makes a roster, it would be on special teams. It would be a special teams guy. Mm. That's a really, really expensive special right. teams guy. Um, you know, and I, I understand um, but it's, again, he was on about a two-year, $5 million deal. That's As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. That's more money than some starters are making around the NFL. Um, that's 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 good good backup running back. That's RB2 money. And he hasn't been RB10. He, he just, he hasn't. I know he's had some injuries, but well, he's only got about 40 carries in his career. It's strange. I don't think Mike Boone's ever gotten as much press as he has on this podcast. We talk about him almost every (laughs) single episode, and we're all Mike Boone truthers. It's pretty amazing. Um, But, yeah, you're right. Even if he wins the starting kick returner job, which there's been no indication that he's even competing for it, according to Dwayne Stukes, that's a lot of money to pay a kick returner. If he can pull double duty and return kicks and also uh, take some carries away from uh, Melvin and Javante, that would be justifying his contract. But until that happens, it's a waste of a roster spot and waste of money, honestly. Yeah, I uh, yes, I agree. So let's uh, let's move on outside just a little bit to uh, a very crowded room right now, which is the wide receiver room. You know, do we do you think that the wide receiver room is set pretty well that there's there's three guys and then KJ Hamler is trying to fight his way in you think we got Tim Patrick Cortland Sutton and then Jerry Judy and then everybody else no Hamler's a lock he's gonna make it for sure and Montreal's probably not just make it but I mean make an impact you know make an impact on the season yeah I mean no one can do what KJ Hamler can do with the speed and uh, he's actually a pretty well-rounded receiver and we saw it Scott first preseason game last year against the Vikings KJ Hamler takes the top off Minnesota's defense 80 yard touchdown no one in the Broncos receiving core could do what he can do and same for Montreux he can be the next Isaiah McKenzie so yeah they have their top five and then you add in the likes of when your sixth guy for example is either Kendall Hinton Seth Williams Tyree Cleveland Travis Fulgham you are fine there if there's one position there they are okay at it's wide receiver set it and forget it could you get a trade in there somewhere you know, you mentioned a bunch of guys. That's uh, you know, it, 
is there, is there someone you might be able to spin off and, and get a fifth rounder back? I think you gave a perfect analogy uh, last week when you said uh, Trinity Benson. That could be another uh, Kendall Hinton scenario where he's traded. Hinton is and like a Trinity Benson type swap where you get a couple late round draft picks for a player that you're probably not going to keep on the final roster. He's the only one that has trade value. Yeah, the, the, the battles will be amongst the top group will be for touches. It will be for touches. Will it be possible to keep them all happy? Mm. Will it be possible or should we expect know. some good-natured competition creating some disgruntledness amongst the, the Denver Broncos receiving court? I will say this. The, the good thing is, except for maybe Jerry Judy, none of the top dog Broncos receivers are true like divas. You know, Tim mm. Patrick is a team first guy. Cortland Sutton's a team first guy. They're going to get fed. But then you have to worry about, it's not just the receivers. You want to feed Albert O. You want to feed Greg Dulcich. You want to feed Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I don't think it's possible, Scott to placate all these weapons. I don't think it's humanly possible. They're going to do what they can and matchups game flow will dictate who gets the ball and when, but that many mouths to feed, not a lot of food to go around. Yeah. I expect some, I expect some unhappiness again. That's just, that's just natural. The pecking order is going to establish itself and there's going to be a pecking order at the end of the season. There's going to be a one through six of those guys. You just mentioned seven. I think we mentioned seven guys that are going to have touches one through seven. You expect six and seven to want more opportunities. That's healthy. How they handle themselves professionally. Um, are they still good teammates? Are they still working hard in practice? Are they still doing all those things? Then that's fine. And if at the end of the season, they say, Hey, I'm, I want to go somewhere else. Then you, you acknowledge that and say, thank you for your service. Let's, let's see what we can do for you yeah. because it's unhappy. It's natural for a competitor to be, unhappy with being six or seven on the totem pole. That's natural. I, I expect that how they handle it will be the question. And I think they're all pretty uh, team first guys in that receiving course. So there's going to be a little competitiveness and that's a naturally diva position. So it's not going to be perfectly smooth, but I think Hackett and Peyton have the right people in place and especially retaining Zach Azani as wide receivers coach, whoever they end up picking will be the, uh, the, the right number six guy. But we got Albert bringing up a really interesting kind of football porn question for us to ponder, Scott. Albert asks, if you have Montreal and Hamler lining up together, I assume this would give the running back a huge advantage. What does the opposing defense focus on? What do you say? I'll give them a big cushion with your corners, and you can still stack the box against them. Uh, they, need to be, they need to prove that they can beat a man coverage type and become premier receivers before they really scare you. They're, they're used to seeing sure. speed. You know, speed is one thing. There's, there's fast guys, and then there's really good fast receivers. And being able to get open and make a catch is not the same thing as just being fast. So they'd have to prove it. You'd, you'd say, okay, I'm going to test you. I'm going to, I'll, I'll bring one guy. I'll give you a little bit of a cushion and I'm not going to let you beat me up the gut with your running game. And then it'll be up to them. So we will see. It was, it was a question. Uh, it was after the show probably should have recorded it. Eric Lance and I had a big conversation about, you know, the type of different types. And I'm like, you guys are in your heads too much sometimes specifically Lance. I'm like, you're, you're overcomplicating this guys that can get open and catch the ball are your most valuable guys. Not necessarily. Okay. I want this receiver to be this size and this one to have right. this speed and this one to be this. I'm like if you've got, and I said, I don't know the answer to this. Cause I haven't seen Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler 
all healthy with a competent coordination and, and quarterback play. But the guys you want on the field the most are the ones that know how to get open and catch the ball. Flat out. It's, it's that simple. Don't overcomplicate it. So in this case, you know, are you just fast or are you also a really, really good receiver? We haven't seen enough of, of we, obviously we haven't seen enough of Montreal. And, and Hamler has, has battled the injury bug so badly. It's just been, it's been tough to get a, a read on him as well. And then the other guys, we've seen flashes. Of course, Sutton, huge. I mean, he had a huge season. Judy's shown flashes. Patrick's been great. But have we seen the best of these guys yet? No, we haven't. Is it there? I'm looking forward to find out this year. I'm looking real forward to find out this season. Yeah, and to this point about Hamler and Montreal lining up, I feel like if the Broncos run that package, it's going to be a tell that they're not going to run the ball if they have two speedy receivers on the field. So maybe the defense can ignore the running game and take some players out of the box and focus on the uh, the receivers. But the good thing is they can scare defenses now, Scott. They couldn't have done that the last few years. Now you have a quarterback that can get the ball into anyone's hands, either in the flat or 80 yards down the field. So that's the beauty. You can never have too many weapons. Weapons. You might not be able to feed them all, but they're all going to scare the opposing defense. And, you know, the thing about receivers, that's why I don't trip too much on titles, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Like whoever catches the most passes and produces the best, that's my wide receiver one. I don't care if it's Judy, Sutton, or Patrick. Whoever is the alpha receiver, that's going to be the top dog. You're right. I, I always came down to how do I rate receivers is, okay, it's third and eight. Who's my first target? Okay, that's my number one. And it could be Albert Okawebenam (laughs) at the end of the day. It could be that guy. It was Tony Gonzalez for a long, long time. That's who the the, the number one target was in that instance. So third and eight, I need a first down. Who's the ball going to three out of four times? Or at least my first look. That's uh, that's where I look. My first look right now is Corey H, though. Corey H coming in. Thank you, Corey. I think this is our first super. So thank you so much, Corey, for, for, uh, for kicking us off. 36 minutes um, in. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> on the on our on our YouTube super chats today. He says I've been on a weird work schedule for a couple of months, months. So it's good to be back to my normal routine finally. I've missed being in here, and I still think we are light at legit DBs and defensive tackles. Um, welcome back. It is good to have you. I think you are blessed with a lot of depth at defensive back. Um, you you I, we mentioned this last week, Zach. We have tunnel vision a little bit, and we start worrying about, okay, the who's the number four corner if someone goes down? Most teams don't have two corners. Um, most people don't have the number of DBs. Yeah, there's a drop-off, but that's because your starters are way up here. So the drop-off to your backups is fairly significant. Most teams are starting lower already because they're not as good. Right. So the drop-off isn't as scary because they're just flat-out not as good. Defensive line... I'm with you on this one. I, I am with you on this one. I feel like there could be the, the, the depth on the DL, the the 300 pound guys. It, it worries me just a little bit, and, and we can get into that uh, as well. I wanted to finish up here with K Hop had a question. Uh, probably came in just a few minutes late, so it, it doesn't hurt to to recap. <laughs> Not that one, K Hop. Sorry, uh, but K Hop asked. Uh, and now I can't find it. Chaos it's coming asked, back. Doesn't Chaos, matter about the, about the backup quarterback spot. Do we think there is a legit competition between Brett Rippon or Josh Johnson? And we kind of summed up thinking Brett Rippon's a career 
clipboard holder who's here for to be a coach <laughs> and getting season, we think that Josh Johnson is the the backup for sure. <laughs> and, and Michaela sums it up nicely. The top receiver, the open receiver, is the one that eats. He's the top dog. Yeah, and and who builds that trust with uh, with Russell Wilson? You know, again, it's third and eight. I'm the quarterback of this team. There's 90 seconds left. Who's my guy? He he knows the answer to that one. And you might be able to scheme a different one. It's like, okay, Cortland Sutton's my guy, but we've been going to him all game. If I do this, Tim Patrick's going to be wide open. If I fake this look here, I can come back this direction. But again, the answer to my question, I answered the same way with quarterbacks. Who's the best quarterback? For me, it's a guy I want to put the ball in his hand with two minutes left. And my answer was always Joe Montana. That was my era uh, as an 80s and, and, and 90s guy. Um, but the wide receiver is the same is the same way. It, they will establish themselves over the course of the year. And whoever's at the bottom will probably be a little bit disgruntled. And that's okay. That's natural. If we're going by chemistry, it's going to be Cortland Sutton. I mean, him and Russell Wilson have looked phenomenal this offseason. You can tell it's already that connection, that simpatico, that quarterbacks and receivers share. It's already there. Um, I want to just take a second to talk about – you mentioned defensive line. It's We don't disagree on much, Scott, but I don't really see the, oh, my God, we have to go out and give Nadamik and Sue $10 million because we're that – in along the defensive line. I mean, you do have DJ Jones. You drafted a Wuzurike. You have Purcell, who's a pure nose tackle. You have Ajim, who's mostly a nose tackle. You drafted Henningsen. And you also have Jonathan Harris, who the coaching staff talked up previously. I don't think it's that dire of a need. I mean, maybe if an injury strikes and uh, Purcell goes down, or God forbid DJ Jones goes down, who the, who the coaching staff loves, by the way, I wrote an article about him. Maybe you would sign a veteran, but right now I love the young depth they have on that defensive line. And when you consider that Draymond Jones and also Deshaun Williams, they brought back, by the way. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of bodies there. I'm actually pretty okay with it. And I agree with you on the, a lot of bodies thing here. And I was Deshaun Williams was my preseason player of the year on defense last year. I like him, but I don't know that he's an every down guy. So for me, what I hear was Mike Purcell. Eh. I hear uh, McTelvin Ajim. He's been disappointing to this for for my money right now. Um, I hear DJ Jones. Yes, there's a solid one. I hear Draymond Jones. Yes, there's a solid one. I hear Awuzarike, fifth round pick. So I got three spots I need, and I'm okay with the depth. You know, the, 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 I'm okay with the depth. And the the third spot I need, and again, we're picking nits here when I can come up with just one spot on the defense that worries me a little bit is fifth round pick disappointment and meh. Okay. That worries me a little bit comparatively speaking to the rest of this roster. So, and, and in that round was Aruzarike, McTelvin Ajim and, and Mike Purcell. That, that scares me a little bit. It does. I guess I agree with you. I guess I want to see what Ajim can do under this coaching staff because he was in Vic Fangio's doghouse for a couple of years and he was never given the opportunity. I liked what he did in college on film. I think he could be a good nose at the NFL level and I'm just willing to see what some of these players can do uh, in uh, Evero's scheme and uh, under a different coaching staff. But I agree with you. Maybe you want someone more proven in there just to make you feel better at night. But like you said, if we're worrying about the third string nose tackle, uh, the Broncos are pretty good. Yeah, so uh, that's a that is one hell of a competition going in to to the line to uh as we go into camp 
into fall camp, who's going to be the we, – we got two starters for sure. You know, we got we got Dr- Draymond, DJ Jones. We got two. The third one, I don't see a great option there yet. But you know what is an option? You move those two guys inside and you put Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory at end. You know, and you run a – in certain impacts, you, you're running a 4-3. And then I have I can move Benito and, exactly. and Cooper or Browning, you know, move them at outside linebackers, Wills and Sams in a four three. I have that makes me that's exciting. That's a go get the passer and let's have some fun type of lineup. That's a, a great. My mascot in high school is a Greyhound. That's a Greyhound lineup. <laughs> go get them. You know, if it's if you can if you can hold your own on first down, you can. And another '90s reference. They used to call the press from Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and that bunch. Uh, used to call it releasing the Dobermans, uh, is what Phil Jackson called the, awesome. their full press. That's releasing the Dobermans. That's one of those type of lineups. So that is exciting. The base three four, and we don't know how much you're even going to be in it, considering right. that we're only talking one inside linebacker anyway. I don't know how often you're going to be in a base three four. But the third defensive lineman in a base 3-4 three, three, right now is a big question mark for me. Man, I'm going to start using that, uh, that expression, release the Dobermans. That's I great. That was, that was a Phil Jackson for the 90s Bulls, releasing the Dobermans. That's and great. Uh, That was right about the same time as uh, Nolan Richardson in uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks with the, the 40 minutes of hell <laughs> with his full court, good court press. So good, good stuff from, those, from basketball back in the day. I don't watch basketball anymore, but made an impression on me back in the day. But, man, I mentioned football porn, and it went from six to midnight, Scott. You're talking about getting Chubb and Gregory and Benito and Baron Browning. midnight and Chubb all at one time? <laughs> Hide the women yeah. and children. Yeah, I'll keep it PG from here on out. But just getting those guys on the field together, the Broncos used to call it their NASCAR package when they had mm-hmm. uh, Shaq, Barrett, and Shane Ray, and Demarcus Ware, and Von Miller. They're going to have that new NASCAR package now, and we're not going to see any – what is it? White flags? I'm not a NASCAR guy. Not gonna, the what's the flag, flag they is, wave uh, when they the stop? Wait, okay. What's the one? What's is the white flag? The the one before the final? What's the, the white flag? The yellow flag is caution. White flag is yeah. It's right before the checkered flag. One lap to go. We ain't gonna see any flags. All gas, no brake, baby. <laughs> Easy way the to green break. flag is let's go, let's go. There's lots of. Uh, you know, I'm hoping we were able to get the uh, the chat back engaged with all of this dirty talk that's been going on here. But uh, I think there's uh, end of the first, uh, Mavs down 1-0. That feels pretty good. But Phil, Phil coming back in here, keeping it going on Facebook here. So the great thing about our quarterback is if he sees the box backing up, he will check to the running play. It's been so long since we had that intelligence, it's easy that's to forget point. how great that it is. Um, that was one of the things that we talked about in the competition last year, why somebody who seemingly had a lesser arm, lesser physical talents might get the nod. It was this part aspect of the game that we don't see. Uh, It would be nice to have someone who's able to get people in the right play, have a coordinator that can scheme good options out of the, uh, if we want to call an audible, and then have a quarterback capable of pulling it off. All of those three things would be a lot of fun to see at one time. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. And it's not just the intelligence part because Teddy Bridgewater was intelligent enough to check out of a play into audible, but you have a quarterback that's physically 
capable and talented enough to make mm-hmm. something happen with an audible. So let's say Russell Wilson checks out of a run and goes to a pass. Well, that pass play could be a 70 yard touchdown because he has the arm and the capabilities to make that happen. And you're right, Phil, the Broncos have not had a quarterback that can do that since Peyton Manning. Well, and, and you know what also be is interesting in something like that, a, a bubble screen, not even just a, a stop pattern. Okay. We're talking about the, 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 uh, the wide receivers. I see the guys backing off. Um, because I got speed on here. Montreal, Washington, KJ Hamler. Okay, I can do a, a one-read check, whatever it happens to be, Omaha, Omaha, which just means stop and face me, and I'm going to get you the ball like that. Mm-hmm. Not loop it out there to the sidelines where everybody who was, gave me a 10-yard 10, 10 cushion is now on top of me as the ball arrives, but it's in my hands, and I've got my head and eyes turned upfield, and I got five yards of space all around me. Little things like that that you just – physically weren't capable of pulling off last year uh could be real interesting and and phil thank you so much for the stars and jacob coming in again jacob uh running up the the stars for us today thank you so much and chris hernandez also with the stars facebook guys are throwing down tonight so thank you so much gentlemen um this is the football priest and the deacon hey that's me i have a nickname (laughs) in the broncos family so i'm so excited uh, you love me. You really love me. You're one of us. One of us. It's all. It's all happening, Scott. You ever see Almost Famous? It's all happening. That's great movie. But besides the Very point, good movie. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like Almost Famous a lot. Kob coming in here. It's uh, interesting question. Gets you thinking. What's more likely, the Broncos getting ten wins or PS two and Simmons combining for thirteen interceptions? I think well, one kind of ties into the other. If they have thirteen picks combined, they're going to have more than ten wins. But I'm going to say the Broncos. It's a team game, first of all, so ten wins is more likely. But PS two and Simmons are going to dominate the defensive backfield. They're going to lead the Broncos in picks, and the Broncos are going to be among the NFL leaders. I think in takeaways under Evero. Interceptions are hard. They're hard to come by. Um, that 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 coming up with. 13 between two players is a good amount of interceptions. You know, I think if they had 10, I think that might be a lot. Um, you know, you can throw away from those guys. You know, you got five, six receivers, uh, five receivers at a time out there to choose from. I can, I can throw away from them right. and they're not involved anymore. So, you know, I'm more interested in some of the advanced metrics when it comes in here. It's like, okay, when they are targeted, you know, how are they allowing this type of stuff? If I'm throwing away from them. So for me, more likely is 10 wins. If they don't have at least 10 wins, I'll consider this season a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I think we've sure. set the, I've set the over-under. We've set the over-under like 10 and a half. So, you know, and I like 11. I think 11 is a good yeah. number. And if, if I, I feel any, I feel nine and eight would be just disappointing. Yes. I'd be very disappointed with nine and eight this year. Good question, would, though, K-Hop. Yeah, and you make a good point, too, Scott. Like, why throw at PS2 and Simmons when you can throw at Ronald Darby and uh, Kareem Jackson? You know, like, you st- other receiver take advantage of the other players on the field. Well, and in, in, in working all in synergy here, the pass rush should help with that. I'm not going to have time. I shouldn't have time to sit back and go, okay, where is where sure. is Simmons? I got a good idea where Patrick Sertan is when, when, when the ball is snapped. I can look around. Post-snap, safeties were moving all over the place. And I shouldn't have, okay, I got time. Yep, yep. Oh, who was that? I don't know. I still have time. Okay, there's still let me read this book real quick. You know, um, okay, I'll just, you know, dump it underneath and pick up five. I swear to God, it was third and two all year long on defense. Third and two, first down conversion. (sighs) Yeah. Meanwhile, you go to the other side, running play, 
one yard, second and nine. Running play or incomplete pass, <laughs> third and nine. Fake jet sweep, punt. Yeah, fake jet sweep. That was one I think I think Michaela had in here. So could we just give him the damn ball? <laughs> you know, I I always almost picture, you know, last year Jerry Judy coming out of the huddle. <laughs> you know, Going again. Again. Johnson. <laughs> Golly, you know, he's Run running. You know, I've run I've run 40, 50 yard wind sprints. I want to do something else. Give me the ball at least. Let me go towards the goal line instead of towards the sideline. I want to go that way. <laughs> Forward, so. not not east and west. I saw a question though from K Hop. You mentioned over under Scott. And K Hop has an over under question. We're winding down, guys. We have about 10 minutes left. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, considerations, fire them in and we'll address them while we're on. But K Hop says, Scott, what's your over under on the O line allowing 23 and a half sacks on the season? Over. over under. Yeah. Over. Probably. Yeah, that's uh that's really low. Um, let me see. I think we looked this up the other day and 23 and a half would have put them best in the NFL last year. Second best 23 was the best 23 and a half over it, it, it's over. You're going to drop back more. You've got a guy who's a little more greedy, willing to take a little more chances. The Denver Broncos allowed 40 last year, which was actually, there's no numbers here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11th, 11th in the NFL allowing 40. So you allow 40 again, um, but all of your numbers go up because you've got more snaps, uh, more explosive plays, more offensive yards, more everything. You're pro- There's a chance you could have more sacks too. Um, but I think you drop that number into the low 30s, you're going to be pretty happy. But I'll take yeah. the over on 23 and a half all day long. Yeah, with more uh, pass attempts comes more opportunities for sacks, and you're going to have those chances with Russell Wilson. And you know what? We'll we'll trade that. We'll we'll as long as he doesn't get injured, that's the only thing. But we'll trade that more chances for the defense to sack the quarterback if that quarterback is Russell Wilson. So I'm going to say somewhere in the 30s, maybe like 32 would be a healthy number. You want zero, preferably, but I'm being realistic. They're going to have more than 23 and a half, but they should have less than 40. The O line is pretty much unchanged too except for um, right the right tackle yeah. yeah 32 is top 10 that's i'll take it you'd be happy with 32 i think you know and what kind of sacks are they you know they're getting free exactly. shots and exactly you know backside back you know backside strip sacks and blindside hits and all that kind of stuff or is it just okay you know russ held on to a little bit too long and he and he, he took a sack because people recovered and he was greedy or he, you know he tried to run and didn't make it you know okay it, it, it happens you know what else happens? Michael Renquio happens. He says, great show tonight, Zach and Scott, on the Mile High Huddle podcast. Let's ride and go Broncos. And two of our biggest contributors to this show, Michael and Michaela, coming wow. in to Thank close you. us out on this Sunday evening. And we love you for it. Thank you so much for coming in before we get out of his. Get out of here. And Michaela says, just wanted to show the fam some, and I, I emphasize the word some, because this is more than some. I'm going to change that up, Michaela. I just wanted to show the fam a lot of love. MHH forever. And may you wake up a happy Avs fan tomorrow, or at least this week. At least this week. That's my hope for you, Michaela. It's a war zone. We got Michael bombs. We got Michaela bombs. You guys are so appreciated. Thank you. Michaela, I saw that you turned the game off. Turn it back on. There's a lot of game left. Uh, a lot of things can happen. I think the abs are going to pull this out. But thank you so much, Michael. So much, Michaela, for your generosity. We say it every podcast, but we mean it every time. You guys are incredible, and you're literally keeping the lights on and pushing us forward. Thank you so much. Yep. You keep my forehead nice and shiny. 
and the like. So, uh, and we're gonna and we're gonna get Zach a better background, some better lights. Yes, because of you. <laughs> because of you. Thank you. Guys. So thank you so much. And Zach, do you wanna you wanna get us out of here and wrap yes, up? Yes, sir. And, Wrap up the the weekend. I, I still think Sunday is like the beginning to me. Sunday night is the end of the week, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't know about you. How do you feel about a Sunday? It's the beginning of the week. No, nah, Monday morning. Monday is the beginning of the yeah. week. I don't get that. I, I my week ends on Sunday night. My week starts on Monday morning. But that was the Mile High Huddle podcast. Did not mess up that time. Follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. That did not change. You can also follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you guys haven't, please go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself some merch. All right there. All new stuff. You see it right there. The BFB mug. I got my Huddle Up Pod mug. Even though it's not called that anymore. It's all good stuff, guys. Get, get yourself some if you haven't already. Appreciate it. And Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-save five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if anything, as you see ticking below you, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Scott, last word, baby. Um, we're off tomorrow morning until, until we get back to the season. Mondays are no longer Broncos for breakfast, Tuesdays and Thursdays, but you will see Zach and I again tomorrow evening, unless for some reason there's a four hour baseball rain delay and my son's game ends up going past eight. Then I'll just be texting. Hey, I'm still out here at the field. Can't make it, Zach. You're gonna have to go solo. Otherwise we'll see you tomorrow at eight Eastern six mountain. Nailed it. Take care guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Have a great start to your new week. And as always. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.